Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Good day. Hello. Good day indeed. Good day indeed. We're in this very bizarre, like, some of us observe daylight savings, so some of us have gone back in time, but not all of us. It's the weirdest time of year. It is yeah. very, very confusing, oh, and it does yeah. cause a slight problem when you have um, international calls lined up. Yeah, right. I'm not quite sure what time zone we're in anymore. I know, I know, I know. Oh, gosh, totally. And it is funny, uh, like, organizing phone calls around daylight savings because you're like wait are you and especially because more and more communities are now starting to ditch daylight savings so you've got a whole bunch of people who are out of sync now Mm. it's a fascinating time of year i don't want to get political on our podcast but i think we should just do away with daylight savings i just don't understand oh well listen it's a debate that comes out every single year isn't (laughs) it right um and every single year we just carry on debating it yeah right um yeah yeah (laughs) It, um, oh yeah. gosh! It's, but yeah, it's really strange today because I'm I'm just so out of kilter. So I had a call this morning mm. with somebody who's in Switzerland, mm. and I was wondering are they are they is that time zone still the same? And then I got really confused about what time we were starting, oh. and actually couldn't even remember what time we normally start. I know. <laughs> so that all got a bit confusing. And then I've got a call this afternoon with um with New York, so that's oh, in a different totally different zone too. So oh. yeah. Totally. I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's what's weird. A funny week. Yeah. And <laughs> oftentimes, like, again, this is like increasing reliance on technology because then I just have to kind of, I find myself programming meeting times into Google calendars and seeing mm. what time they think it is. So, yeah. <laughs> which is super yeah. sad. I'm like, Google, you figure it out. Like, what time is it in Arizona right now? Because Arizona yeah. doesn't observe, Mount, you know, uh, daylight savings time. So mm. anyways, yeah. Yeah. And my friend in the Yukon, they don't observe daylight savings either. So our times for our phone calls always change depending on the time of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, all a bit crazy, but we managed to get here and um, Mm -hmm. yeah. We're here. Thank heavens for uh, WhatsApp and the ability just to message each other. Honestly, yes. (laughs) What time is it? <laughs> what time do you think we're recording? That's <laughs> pretty much how the message oh, went today. Totally. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so how has your fall been? How has your Halloween been? Um, yeah, well, I've not really done anything Halloween-y, but... Yeah, um, me neither. <laughs> lots of people around me have yeah. been, um, which, yeah, is interesting to see. Mm. I'm not really a big... I'm not really big on Halloween, but mm. that's just personal preference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me yeah. too. I yeah. didn't get my shit together. But I saw a lot of people doing very Halloween-y things. And, yes. you know, a lot of people on the street. A lot of dogs mm. in costume, actually. I saw <laughs> a lot of late night dogs in, like, yeah. uh, ballerina costumes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's pretty oh. fun. Yeah. Yeah. If you're yeah. going to do it, do it well. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> All right. So what's the oh. fall relationship desk of love looking like? What's the autumn correspondence news? Oh, I've got some news for you today. Ah, good, good. Okay, so um, the I was reading an interesting um, article about a study that had been done mm-hmm. about how natural disasters can bring couples closer together. Oh, okay. 
All right, all right. Who would have thought it? Yeah. So the University of Texas said um, they were doing this study about couples and the uh, when I first started reading it I was kind of like well how do you set up a study that looks at the effect of a hurricane do you have to kind of wait for one to happen and then start because they were measuring couples happiness pre and post hurricane but then as I read kind of further through the article they didn't actually set out to do that it just happened by chance Mm. that there was a hurricane in the middle of it Mm. and so they learned some things that they weren't expecting to learn Mm. so they were just looking at the effect of, of happiness on couples of kind of just everyday things that might occur in relationships. Mm-hmm. And as I say, this um, Hurricane Harvey happened in the middle of it and it allowed them to really measure the um, the happiness. And what it said was that couples who were unhappy before the hurricane actually became happier after the hurricane. Oh, okay. And couples okay. who were happy became happier afterwards really and that wasn't the result that they were expecting what they were expecting was if you were unhappy before you were going to be even more unhappy afterwards Mm -hmm. um and vice versa if you're happier they would expect you to be to be happier um but what they also said was that the effects didn't last um longer than a year so if you were unhappy and then the hurricane happened and you became happier in your relationship Mm -hmm. actually that effect only lasted kind of anything up to 12 months before you then just kind of reverted back to where you were originally. Mm-hmm. So huh. what it tells me about that study is that because something's happened that's been quite kind of, it's it's a, you know, a big event. It's something that really makes you question and look at your perspective of things. It seems like a big shift has happened in that perspective mm-hmm. and become a lot more appreciative of who we are and what we've got and the relationship that we've got because you might have lost kind of possessions and had Mm. um you know your home destroyed but you've still got each other you've still got your relationship Mm -hmm. and that kind of bond then is cemented but I guess what it's also saying is if you haven't worked out what the underlying challenges are in the relationship that meant you were unhappy beforehand Mm. they're going to slowly over time creep back in because you haven't dealt with them Mm. oh this is very yeah oh my gosh this is very surprising actually because and i wonder if they if they segmented out the people who had minor effects of a hurricane Mm. like you know they had a tiny bit of damage to their home versus people who were rendered homeless and completely lost their home like yeah but actually i mean that's me looking in the you know again that's me sort of going to what i think a lot of people do is like well what was the what's the severity of the upset that they have in their lives but i think the i think what it's saying is that disaster or something like going wrong is Mm. not necessarily like the bad thing that we always think Mm. um actually and the other thing too is is what i think about a lot of our conflict happens sometimes because of financial issues sometimes because of um sort of hardship but a lot of it just happens in easy times financially Mm. or hardship you know a lot of it has to do with a division of labor default parenting People thinking that they're being treated unfairly or taking a disproportionate amount of the household or mm. um, not getting the affection that they want. And these are totally existential crises that, that have nothing to do with big life or death things. So when, when, a, when a life or death thing happens, perhaps we just let go of all the stupid stuff and we remember what is really important. Yeah, yeah, and I think we do. And, and I think the other thing that might happen in that situation is you might 
actually realize some hidden strengths either in your partner or in your relationship that you you weren't kind of fully aware of and and hadn't really registered with you so you know we can if we see our partner respond or step up to a certain situation we can have Mm -hmm. some we'll have greater levels of admiration for them Mm -hmm. than maybe we did um with all the kind of like silly little things that we that we think are important and Mm -hmm. but they're not kind of stepping up to but to see them then respond to something that's of that that magnitude could bring out different Mm. strengths or or things that you admire in each Mm. other oh that's true Mm. that's true that's very surprising yeah huh okay so yeah wow i did question you know who picks a hurricane to do a study over but yeah then as i read it wasn't actually a a chosen path yeah it was um some research that happened by accident wow oh gosh okay yeah, it did say that it wouldn't recommend just moving to Florida just to try and kind oh of my God. make your relationship happier. Oh <laughs> and putting yourself in the eye of the storm probably isn't the right oh um, the God. right approach yeah. to take. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not that yeah. hurricanes make people happy. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> okay. it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh. I think you know um, what I would take away from it though is actually you know. Don't wait for some sort of natural disaster to um, to make you appreciate what you've got in your relationship. Mm. Start to look at it now, because that's something we can all do. Oh, yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay, thank you for that. You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, I was feeling a bit tired before. I feel a bit perky now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, podcast pick me up. Podcast pick me up. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Would you like a hot topic? Yes, please. Let's go. Today's hot topic is gaslighting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. Let's get into it. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, did you know that the term gaslighting was um, named after a um, play and a film? (gasps) Yes. Please tell us. Yeah, tell us, tell us. Yes, I didn't know this. But, um, yeah, the term gaslighting comes from a play from 1938 Mm. that was then later made into a film in 1944. And Mm. the um, the play in the film was was called Gaslight. Mm. And it was about a man who manipulated his wife into thinking she had mental illness by turning the flame down on the gas lantern and trying to tell her that she was hallucinating. And hence, seriously, seriously yeah. messed up. Yeah, but the reason why this term has has got its way into popular use is because manipulation in relationship, making making somebody question their reality, is a very very common phenomenon. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it? It's a form of um, of psychological and emotional abuse, isn't it? Yeah. yeah really kind of make somebody believe that what they think is true isn't true Mm -hmm. and really question memories and events that have happened Mm -hmm. and it's something that happens slowly over time and then kind of starts Mm -hmm. to ramp up so you don't actually even realize that it's happening and you start to kind of question yourself don't you and become more Mm -hmm. anxious and withdrawn and um, mm. you know struggle with some of those relationships because mm. you actually don't know what is true and what isn't true anymore because of this mm-hmm. manipulation that's happening over time oh heck yes absolutely mm. so 
you know, gaslighting is, is it's, um, it's a term for that sort of abuse that happens in, in relationships where there's a narcissistic personality or personality disorder in the mix. And this is a very common, um, control tactic. Mm. But the thing that you mentioned, which is key here is that it happens slowly. Mm. And that's key because you can't make somebody question their reality if all of a sudden things seem out of order. That's when you have your defenses up and you're like, no, 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 that's not reality. And I know Mm. it. And you're just trying to pull the wool over my eyes, get out of here. But the gradual, that is, that is, um, unfortunately, that is the key to the success of this technique. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where the power lies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think that on this podcast, we're talking to people who gaslight. I think we're talking to people who have been gaslit. Would you say Mm. that's the case? Or who possibly are in a gaslighting situation right now? Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing to remember is if you're in that situation, you are the person that's that's the victim. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, you, you know, if it is something that you feel like, actually, I'm kind of questioning my reality. I don't know kind of what's true and what isn't um and and often what you'll get as well is a mixture of kind of positive Mm -hmm. um positive affirmation and positive um kind of compliments and things that come your way because Mm. that then helps with this kind of almost on off Mm. pressure from manipulation because you Mm -hmm. again that's kind of part of that confusion that plays out Mm -hmm. well actually I don't well you know they are nice really because they've just kind of said these lovely things about me or they've done these lovely things um mm. but then the kind of switch so the mode switches again and it, that can be really really disorientating can't it because you don't actually know kind of which person am I going to get am I going to get the person that's kind of mm. the nice person or am I getting the mm. kind of you know and and that's what adds to that confusion mm-hmm. where you don't actually know kind of what's true and what isn't anymore <gasps> Oh my God, that's terrifying me because I just spoke to somebody on the weekend who is dating and they had this person come visit them just mm. for, you know, and the, the trip was cut short because it, w- it was a very bad interaction. So it, what happened was exactly how you described, like this person came over and they were actually abusive. They were flat out abusive, but then at the then they'd flip and do something really nice and so forth. And so my friend was actually left very confused. Like, I think they knew that this was abuse, that this person Mm. came over and was abusive to them, but they were very, immediately they started seeing, well, where did I I go wrong? Oh, maybe I wasn't putting my best foot forward because they were so nice those times. Mm. You know, and I, I, I was surprised that I had to tell my friend who is a very accomplished person, like, this was abuse, get the hell out. Like, don't ever speak to them again. This is a very, very dangerous person. But it's a, it's amazing. You know, everybody knows people who, who are in very abusive relationships, who are just mm. st- stuck down so hard into it. But to see somebody at the very beginning and to start to see the, the, sel- the self-doubt, because the thing that is seeded first is this feeling of self-doubt. Like, oh, maybe I, maybe it was part me. It wasn't all them because yeah. they were so nice. Maybe I should just give it another try, you know. It, it, it's almost immediate this this um the self doubt and and it the the thing about being in a gaslighting situation is it's likely not your first time like a lot of folks have had narcissistic parents mm. and so this decimated self esteem as well as the ability for somebody to tell to make you question your reality because it has been done so many times before like it, you know you're really sort of set up and vulnerable for this to happen in your adult life in your romantic relationships yeah yeah. And there's a combination of that kind of 
particularly in that kind of parent relationship, you get this this kind of belittling that goes on and mm. the, they make you believe that the things that you think are important aren't. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll trivialise things and and just kind of at any opportunity really kind of put you down and not, there's nothing there that's supporting you. There's nothing there that's championing mm. you. They're not, mm-hmm. nobody's trying to kind of lift you up or focus mm. on your strengths. Um, it is all about chipping away at your confidence mm. um, step by step, isn't it? And and if you have a narcissistic parent, like that's especially horrible because you've been, you know, groomed that way for your entire life. Like you mm. don't remember a time when there was positive upliftment or when there wasn't yeah. manipulation. And I think also with a kind of parental relationship, there's still that desire to be loved by your parents mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. be accepted and to be wanted and right. to have that kind of validation that comes and so every single time you get that negative comment or, you know, the kind of put the knife in there and kind of twist it a little mm. bit with mm-hmm. something that kind of really, you know, comments. We have to be so careful, don't we, about mm. um, some of the comments that we and the words that we choose because mm. they can be just so painful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've coached a number of folks with... Um, with the experience of having narcissistic parents and, and they're just, they're used to love being conditional. So they're used Mm. to not being a lovable person and having to fight for that love. So uh, one person in particular stands out where, because, you know, it comes out in their life where there's, 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 there's repeated patterns in their relationship now where they are used to their love in their, in their intimate relationship now being conditional. Like Mm. the dynamic dynamic is set up where, they just feel like they're lovable only if they can do this, that, and the other. Um, they're lovable if they can sort of perform, provide, achieve, but, mm. but just by themselves, they're not lovable. So, um, starting to sort of overwrite those is extremely, extremely difficult. Yeah. 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 So how, it, to anybody listening here who's like, hmm, gaslighting, I, and I'm sure most have heard about it now. It's like a real buzz term. You've probably looked it up, but how might somebody know that they're being gaslit? If they're listening right now, I think it is. It's looking out for those signs of manipulation. So, the barefaced kind of lie, like the no, you definitely didn't. You you didn't tell me that. You didn't say that. When you know that something is true, mm-hmm. and um, often you can have evidence. So that's that kind of like out and out barefaced lie that's trying mm-hmm. to tell you that you're wrong, mm-hmm. and to question your reality. So that's kind of that. That's where that chipping away. It, way happens um it can even go down to the point where people will hide things and move things mm. just to kind of try and manipulate you and make you think that you're going a little bit crazy mm. they also kind of will look for alignment with other people so mm. where is it you know oh mm. you know everybody's saying that you're a little bit kind of mm. you know that there's something not quite right with you so they'll mm-hmm. start to kind of they'll often as well kind of question your if you're a parent yourself like question your kind of parenting like Mm. well are you really fit to be a to be a a mother or are you really fit fit to be a father and they'll kind of so they start to kind of call into question your behaviors and beliefs Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. I think as I say it then gets kind of mixed with this kind of niceness that can come in Uh so you know it might be like oh look I can see that you're not coping very well like Mm. why don't you have a rest and I'll look after Mm. this so that you kind of think, well, oh, that's a nice thing. They're looking out for me, but they're doing it in a kind of really underhand way, which is suggesting that you're not kind of fit to do what you should be doing. Mm. And therefore mm-hmm. you need to kind of 
you know, go into that kind of small space and and mm. because there's something that's not quite right with you. So mm. the you'll see kind of some things that that start to ring kind of alarm bells. But the problem is because it's happening slowly, it's being drip fed over time. Mm. You don't, as you say, it's not kind of a sudden switch in Mm-mm. in behavior that says, no, hang on a minute, this is entirely yeah. wrong. Yeah. Like this, there yeah. is nothing about what you're saying that is true. It happens in such a subtle way over time. It can become really, really hard to to understand yourself. Like, well, actually, did I did I really forget that? Or you, and that's where you start to question yourself and the reality that you're living in. Mm. I think for folks who are sort of wondering, am I in a gaslighting situation? The thing is, the, the actual whether or not there are truths or lies is oftentimes so far gone in terms of dis- discernment. It's almost impossible to, because they're so far down the rabbit hole. I think I think one of the things that I, I would like to sort of put out there is is if there's a certain feeling that's coming up and the feeling that I'm curious about exploring is anger, that women caught in gaslighting situations, women, I'll, I'll say, that when anger comes up or when they've been labeled as hysterical or angry, anger can be that that symbol, that, that signal that something is not right. It's kind of like that get out of the house. As my friend says, the call is coming from inside the house, get out. Um, and, and that's actually, I saw that with my mother. Um, my mother was absolutely crazy when she was with my dad. Like she, this, the, the things that she, she would get so angry because she was under the control. She was sort of under the thumb, but she knew that, that she was being manipulated, but that she didn't have a voice. And because mm. there was always an excuse and there was always a, everything was always sort of framed that my mother was like crazy so yeah so if if you've ever been told that you're crazy or if that's your role in your relationship like oh you're crazy or oh you're always getting angry and you've you've got this anger disorder you're just off the chain you know somebody labels you with derogatory terms like oh you're psychotic or something like that Mm -hmm. that you're being you're being gaslit yeah it's it's funny as my mom exited that relationship she's never been angry again a day in her life like it was it's it was crazy to see her manipulated like mm. it was like a caged animal that is like trying to get out of the prison. Yeah, but that's the toxicity in the relationship, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you, you know both parties are behaving in ways that maybe they don't want to in a toxic relationship mm. where you've got yeah two people that are reacting and responding against each other into the situation that are ha- that's happening. Mm. They almost kind of rebound against each other. Um, yes. Yes. And, and there kind of starts the toxic cycle again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are, if you're behaving in a way that you know is not true to yourself and is mm. not making you happy, mm. that is definitely a sign that there's something wrong. Mm. Um, and whether that's gaslighting or not, it just tells you that there's something mm. that's not right in that relationship. If somebody is yeah. making you behave in a way that goes against all of your values, against kind of your morals and what you stand up for, and it's turning you into a person that you don't recognize, that tells mm-hmm. you that there's something definitely wrong. I think sometimes with a gaslighting situation, though, it can be because of this subtleness and the underhandedness that goes with it, if that's even a word, mm-hmm. um, it's happening in such a way that you, I don't even think you know that you're kind of reacting in a certain way. I think Mm-mm. that pure doubt that kind of comes over and 
you almost come to rely on your abuser in that situation as well. Mm. And so because mm-hmm. of that, again, you haven't got this visibility or awareness of what's happening. And yeah. that's what I think makes it so toxic. Yes. And and I think we've talked about this before, too. There'll be attempts to alienate you from your friends and your mm. family and your support groups. Yeah. 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 And... If you're somebody who has who who is in a situation because it feels comfortable because you've been in a gaslighting situation as a child, in any case, your family doesn't have your back, and perhaps you've had some toxic friendships as well. So you know, the thing is, is that this this tends to prey on people who who are who are vulnerable to this particular type of abuse. Mm. Feels quite heavy. It does. Mm. There's no levity. Yeah. But I think it is fair to say that there is life after this there is yes the possibility to move beyond it so if this is your reality or you you recognize kind of any of this this isn't set in stone so this doesn't have to be your path mm-hmm. um you do still have choices and i think some of it is around getting really clear about what's going on mm-hmm. um so you know at a practical level really keeping um detailed notes and journals or voice memos for yourself that actually tell you what's going on that you can refer back to and allows you to get a true sense of of what reality really is Mm -hmm. for you um, and not what you're being told Mm -hmm. because then you can get a real sense of of what's happening and really get clarity for yourself Mm -hmm. to then and and from that that will give you greater strength to be able to and healing to be able to actually say no I'm I'm really sure in my mm-hmm. own position and therefore I'm I'm confident in you know taking further steps to get out of the situation that I'm in. Yes, I think that individual work is important. I think it also takes a village. Mm-hmm. And of anybody that I've ever known who've who's gotten out of this situation like a lot of the time their self-esteem and their sense of self is so crushed and so at over years of of abuse that you know the village being there might be one person in your life who has always been this person to stand out to be like, this relationship sucks. This is unhealthy. You're not the way that you used to be. There might be somebody in your life who you've kind of even alienated yourself because they're, they're the truth teller. They're, they're maybe somebody who've known you for a long time, or maybe it's a therapist who comes into your life Mm. a single time and calls it out and like, this is abuse, get the hell out. Um, it might be worth turning your attention if there's any been anybody in your life, a friend or whatnot, who said, I'm worried about you because mm. this relationship is not healthy. Would you be open to starting to, to say, might that person be correct? And if so, you know, and the other thing too is a lot of people feel helpless because they have kids. They have, yeah. they don't feel like they can support themselves financially. They, they truly feel stuck because they're, their abuser has kind of taken away all of their agency or the, 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 the illusion is that there, there's no agency. So might it serve you to, you may not believe it, but might it serve you to kind of go with a running thought? Well, what if I am in an abusive situation that this isn't all me and it's not all my fault? And I, you know, what if I believed a different message that was just not as negative to myself? Might I reach out to a, a shelter or a support group for mm. folks in domestic violence situations yeah. to help me get my options for what would it look like to, to what resources do I have to support me and my kids if I need to leave? Yeah. So calling upon the village, cause I don't expect that you're going to have that level of 
resources and self-esteem and confidence because it has been crushed down systematically for years. And so reaching out to the village. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think the point around getting clear on the reality mm. is for your own peace of mind to know mm-hmm. that sometimes we need to take that first step, which is mm-hmm. let me just really kind of collect the evidence for myself and prove mm-hmm. to myself the situation that I'm in mm-hmm. to give me that kind of more power and ability to, to then be able to reach out to other people in right. a more confident way because I've got some, I've gathered some evidence that can't be chipped away at by right by the abuser which is generally what happens yeah that being true but the thing is narcissists are so good at at covering their tracks that Mm. you know i think what you're saying is like evidence of the reality that comes from within but not but you might never ever catch your abuser in a lie they're just yeah, so damn yeah. good. So it's, yeah, and it's not about that. It's about yeah. what I'm saying. It's it's more about for my own peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I want to gather kind of the. I want to gather my own almost kind of journal, you know, chronological events that have happened mm. that help me to get really clear about what's going on, and mm. to help me see okay. some patterns, to help me see that I'm not going crazy. This is real. Yeah, because I think that's half the problem in a situation with gaslighting is you don't know you can't tell the difference between light and dark Mm. because it's all it's like living with brain fog Mm. because this that's what's being kind of put on you it's almost you know in that example of the play I'm living in this kind of dimmed light and Mm -hmm. I'm being told that I'm hallucinating like I don't know is it true am I hallucinating so when Mm -hmm. you're caught in that kind of you know ambiguous world where you know i you, you know you've no idea kind of what the rules of the of play are mm-hmm. um and what's real and what isn't getting that sense of actually who who am i and what is really happening is important mm. okay to start to build some right. sort of an escape plan cool yes okay that makes sense now mm. yeah yeah oh okay well it's tough going it's um, tough going yeah. i think yeah. And I think yeah. the other thing I guess that I just um, kind of finish with is people often think that abuse in a relationship is only physical. Mm. Um, and we think that emotional abuse maybe isn't quite, quite as bad or it's not quite mm. the same or they don't really mean it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, any form of abuse is abuse. So it, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, emotional, physical, mental, whatever's going on, if you are being controlled by somebody else's power Mm. that is still abuse oh gosh yes yeah and all of it matters because you matter as a person and you Mm. shouldn't be ever subjected to that yeah well said yeah okay yeah sometimes we have to there's the medicine that's bitter and that sometimes we have to bring out on our podcast because we wouldn't be doing a service if we didn't go to some hard-hitting places but yeah you know, we do so because of all the people we've known, whether it's relatives, whether it's ourselves, mm. whether it's our friends, whether it's our clients, because so many folks we know have been in these situations, are in these situations. So, yeah. 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 So shall we move to a question? Let's move to a question. Yeah. Okay. Today's question is... 
I've never had an orgasm and I'm worried it will damage my relationship. Please help. Mm. So I was very surprised because I, this sort of toxic wellness, ridiculous, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of, of this sort of, yeah, ridiculous wellness movement, which really as a physician and as a coach, it's just really like murdering women, um, by murdering, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, but I did tune into sex, love and goop, which I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to hate this. This is gonna be ridiculous. I do have to say that the way that I viewed it, I was very inspired and I, le- I yeah, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about professions that exist in some States that are legal, mm. um, like sexologists, um, yeah. who actually work with folks to be able to help them, uh, experience orgasms and to be mm. able to like do body work, which, um, yeah. So confession, I, I really took away a lot from the, this series. I kind of just briefly sort of rushed through it to sort of kind of the, but yeah, professionally, it has actually improved my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Very inspiring. Okay. Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, um, Sex Love Goop is on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. It just came out a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they have okay. various sex therapists, sexologists and body work s- sort of professionals who work with couples yeah. um, with various manifestations of um, of intimacy issues in relationship. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how did what you learn then help this listener with this question, do you think? <gasps> oh, so orgasms can be really tough because like, you know, we're, we all have different um, stimulation points. Mm. We have wildly different orgasms, like you know, but yet the way that we are trained sexually or not, or lack thereof, is just sort of to elicit one type of orgasm. And so much of it is, is um, informed by porn, which is just does us no favors. And so there's folks who can orgasm, but but they haven't found the channels that work for them. Mm. So there's a lot of folks who carry around this really um, awful label thinking, oh, I can't orgasm. My body just doesn't work that way. And, and what I learned from the series, which I knew, but I did actually see it um, sort of with this work that this professional did with this one couple is to realize, oh, absolutely, you can have an orgasm. It's just that nobody's ever taken the time to very slowly and methodically work with you to exactly what are your pressure points? Is it a mm. sensitive light touch? Is it a, is it a steady pressure? Where physically is it? What kind of conditions? Again, sort of, are you yeah. relaxed in a safe place and not in a place where you're expected to perform? So, so many of us women, um, sex is so performative because we think that we need to sort of act a certain way and sound a certain way and look a certain way. And so we are tuned off from our, from our bodies and we are just we we are we have sex to please mm. so many of us so we're so tuned out of the of the environment that would actually foster an orgasm yeah that's what i learned <laughs> i think th- this situation is a lot more common than you think mm. so mm-hmm. uh, people who struggle think that they're the ro- they are the only people that are struggling and mm-hmm. everybody else is having mm-hmm. amazing orgasms like all of the time mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i don't necessarily think is true i think it's quite a common thing um and we're making an an assumption that the person that's written this question is is female Mm -hmm. i think in terms of the way that we're answering the question Mm -hmm. and and i think a lot of the time it you are you're in your head you're not connected to your body you're not connected Mm -hmm. with the sensation Mm -hmm. and um and that feeling that's happening and i think as you say there is a certain um view about how things should be and Mm. what should be happening when it should be happening how it should be happening 
And then because of that, it's very difficult to move beyond that kind of that position in the mind. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I often talk about intimacy problems are not problems in the bedroom, they're problems outside of the bedroom. Mm. So I would also kind of question, you know, what's going on outside of the bedroom? How safe mm. do you feel with with your partner how mm. you know there's this second part of the question there is I'm worried that it'll damage my relationship mm. which already says to me that this person thinks that they're not kind of worthy or there's some there's some kind of there's there's low some form of mm. low self-esteem or mm -hmm. kind of low levels of um of confidence there so mm -hmm. if I'm confident in my relationship I would be confident that actually this isn't gonna this is just a part of it and it's not gonna damage a relationship you know even that word you know will damage my relationship even mm. that's quite severe mm -hmm. so yeah so I think there's there's a lot to be said I think in terms of this question but the first part of it which is absolutely crucial is you are perfectly normal mm. and chances are there's nothing medically wrong with you but um the doctor in the house will be able to uh corroborate that yeah yeah <laughs> so, Absolutely. And I think that's the first thing that's just really important, isn't it? Is that, um, you know, what is happening to me is normal. It happens mm -hmm. to lots of people. And it is something that can be overcome because that in itself takes that first level of pressure off. Mm. And I think some of the challenges with this is when you're chasing something, you're chasing a certain feeling or how you think it should be, mm -hmm. it can kind of feel unobtainable. Mm -hmm. So instead of chasing the kind of the end goal, it's about right. starting to focus on kind of the journey itself. So how does it feel? What? How do mm. I feel when we're just, you know, as you said, with certain levels of intimacy, like what is it like when we're kissing? Does, does anything kind of stir mm. then? Am I feeling any form of connection? Am I, you know, feeling any fizzy knickers going on? <laughs> I haven't used that phrase for a while. I haven't used that in a while, yeah. yeah. So really focusing on kind of um, how does something, how does something feel? inside my body mm -hmm. and it's trying to kind of get out of the head isn't it oh yeah I think so and and a lot of, so that's the self-guided work which is really I I have this sort of fantasy sort of situation here which I I wish that everybody could be afforded a therapist a sexual therapist or a body work to work with you as an individual and or work with you as a couple to be that third person in the room to actually help you to guide through because it's it's one thing Anyways, I have a little bit of a, man, shouldn't we all be under the tutelage? You know, to become a physician, I had to work under the mentorship of a lot of other practitioners who were showing me the way and here's yeah. here's how you do this and adjust that technique and so forth. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody were to guide us in terms of mm. how to discover ourselves and how to discover uh, intimacy with our partners? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm a big fan yeah. of um, Married at First Sight. Um, yeah. So I've been watching the latest Australian one mm. and they did a thing this week, which was intimacy week. Mm. And um, and they have a sexologist on the um, on the panel now. Mm -hmm. And um, so she went and spent some time with the couples, either face to face or via a kind of a video recording to, to share with mm. them some of the things that they should do. And they had a range of different activities. Mm -hmm. And one of them was the um, the eye gazing. So have you heard of mm. the eye gazing technique? I think so, but tell me because I... Yeah. yeah, so you get really kind of up close with your partner. So kind of, you know, your faces are kind of, you know, within inches of each other mm -hmm. and um, sit in a position where your bodies can get really close to each other as well. And you have to kind of gaze then into your partner's eyes to really kind of 
mm. truly see them and you do this for kind of three or four minutes which is quite a long time oh, to be kind yeah. of looking at somebody um uh, and yeah. did we didn't we have to do something similar on our coaching thing where you had to pick a partner and oh. you had to do you remember it possibly which I'm sure that we did where you had to just kind of observe you just had to look yeah. at the other person uh-huh and I've done it before in kind of other kind of development things where I've done where you kind of do um, heart to hand. Uh, so you put yes. your hand on the other person's heart and you just have to kind mm-hmm. of look. And we don't really kind of look at each other very often, do we? Like really, truly look at each other and very just true. kind of, yeah. yeah. And, you know, they talk about how the eyes are the window of the soul and you can really. And it was really, really interesting. So watching these couples mm. perform this technique because I mean one couple were kind of close to tears whilst they were doing it because it just brought yeah. about such emotion and one yeah. of their partners wasn't wasn't very in touch with their emotions mm. and they said that was the closest they'd ever felt to somebody mm. so sometimes when we think about when you know this question focuses on a real hard hard goal mm-hmm. you know at the end of a kind of you know, the end of the, the experience. But instead mm-hmm. of focusing on that to bring about the intimacy and to bring closeness and connection, mm-hmm. there are other things that we can do that are um, steps towards that. And if we stop focusing on the kind of end goal, chances yes. are it's more likely to happen naturally because we feel uh, a greater connection. And I think the thing that's coming up for me mm-hmm. is is working on trust and vulnerability in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because it's and there's something in this, you know, this kind of like I'm worried about the effect on my relationship. Mm. Well, this, you know, if we start by sharing that, by saying, look, I kind of this doesn't feel kind of right. I would like it to be different. But, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm worried about kind of how this will affect our relationship. I want us to have a strong relationship, mm. both kind of in and out the bedroom. Mm. How What can we do to kind of work on this? And mm. if you've got a loving partner, a supportive partner, they are going to want to work on this with you. Mm. And, you know, you can start with with some simple things like eye gazing before you even get down mm. to any sort of touching. Mm-hmm. Like one of the other um, exercises was to make out for 10 minutes, but oh. without um, without going below the waist. So you could only touch above the oh, waist. You couldn't touch for below 10 it. 10 minutes. That's yeah. a lot of time. <gasps> exactly. So... Um, but things like that, because often I think in when we're talking about sex, we're we put a lot of pressure on kind of on you know that kind of end goal when mm-hmm. actually in reality in- intimacy is intimacy and it's about mm-hmm. feeling close mm-hmm. it's about feeling connected and that doesn't always have to happen in the bedroom oh yeah 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 I, I and I I think what you're saying too is like these these time limits that you both agree upon like a 10 minutes making out without anything below the waist um I think what's helpful to put time to to experiment with time limits is because there's a lot of impatience that can kind of creep in and, and a lot of, yes. you know, issues can creep in. So let's say you're the person who is wanting to discover your intimacy or discover your 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 sensual triggers or your stimulation mm. points. And your partner is like, yeah, I want to help. But it's very hard for a partner to kind of keep that patience and keep that yeah. space because they themselves are dealing with all their mountain of insecurities. Mm. And, you know, I'm not a good, you know, what's the other partner feeling? I'm not a good oh, lover. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. why is, why is this person worried that it's going to destroy their relationship? Because yeah. if I don't have an orgasm, my partner won't think that they're good or that yeah. they, they're not skilled or they're not a pleasurable lover or whatever that is. Oh yeah. Both sides are on the story train with this. Right. Yeah. 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 
just on different trains. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you don't have hundreds or thousands of dollars to hire a sexologist to come mm. into your bedroom, which I really just wish that everybody could, um, <laughs> because it, it's the third person in the room where like it can dis- dis- diffuse a lot of that sort of, it can really sort of help strike patients for both partners. Mm. But, but in that case, like, you know, um, I think there's, I think there's online curriculum to kind of help, but just setting a time limit, setting a timer yeah. and saying for 10 minutes, we're just going to work on this. We're not going to rush. We're not going to, yeah. we're not going to let our stories get, yeah. get, we're not going to get back on the story train. We're going to yeah. leave the train for a little while. Yeah. And also kind of don't, don't get hung up about, um, so if, if 10 minutes is too long or you get halfway through, don't get hung up about the fact yeah. that you can't finish at all. Cause yeah. again, that comes back to that we're not focusing on the pleasure that's happening. Mm-hmm. We're focusing on kind of achieving a certain thing. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and that's what gets in the way yeah. instead of just kind of like, you know, how can we relax? Really thinking about kind of how can you be more relaxed as you're going into it mm. and less mm. kind of, less of that kind of self-pressure from probably both of you, I'm guessing. Yes. yes. I almost feel like I just want to get like a valve and just release yeah all the pressure out let everything just melt away yeah and then just kind of try a few things experiment see what you like kind of yeah 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 i and you raised a good point too um diffusing because somebody has traveled the road months or years before they've been asking this question so a lot of stories and resentment and fears Mm. have built up so definitely the release of the pressure valve would be a really nice first step yeah 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 sometimes we are our own worst enemies all the time <laughs> yeah i just bought a, um, a book on kindle which i haven't started reading yet but i'm really looking forward to reading it and it's called the mountain is you mm. and it's all about i don't know if you've read it or not but it's all no. about the things that we do that get that we get in our own way yeah. um so yeah i'm looking forward to diving into oh. that and finding out some more oh there'll be pearls in there for sure yeah yes. Yes. nice nice Oh, very good. Huh. Okay, well, right. quite a mixture of a week this week. It was quite, yeah, I would say yeah. an emotional roller coaster for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit of the saucy and a little bit of the serious. And yes. uh, and that's kind of how we roll on Jordy Lass and Doc Sass. Yeah. yeah, and that's how relationships are, right? You know, yeah. yeah, it is a mixture of kind of fun, sauciness, seriousness, yeah um yeah. hurricanes you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is today hurricanes we have mirrored sure. mirrored relationships <laughs> yeah we've mirrored real life and nature for sure yeah 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 well <laughs> all right all righty okay till next week till next week so that's it for another week of geordie lass and doc sass we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.